everybody. Vinny Marshall here with Think Liberty. Uh, today, we're having a debate between Kyle Wagner and myself. Uh, Nathan Doolin was kind enough to offer his services to moderate. And the rest is what it is. You want to get started now, Nathan? Absolutely. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. You know, we're going to keep this, you know, very clean. Keep it below the keep it above the belt. Nothing below the belt, of course, here, guys. So here's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, The structure of this debate is going to be very simple. Um, We're going to try to keep this as open ended as possible. We're not going to really take this to be super. uh, (laughs) We're not going to try to make this super. uh, You know, you have to be three minutes here or three minutes there. What we're going to really do here is, first of all, we're going to give introductions. Vinny, of course, I know you run Think Liberty. Uh, and uh, you've, you've been a very predominant n- uh, name in the Liberty Movement as well. Um, and, of course, you have your own arguments on this whole thing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at Think Liberty, of course. Sure. Uh, I am one of the original founders of Think Liberty. Um, I do a lot of the technical stuff. I manage like the website, the podcast, um, a lot of stuff like that. I have a big history in graphic design, so I make memes and crap like that whenever I can. And uh, you may have heard of my shirt store, Anarcho Threads. Um, I do that too. And I think that's pretty much the list of anything significant I do that anyone in the Liberty Movement may be curious of. Absolutely. And we also have Kyle Wagner here. Kyle Wagner, the man, the myth, the legend, known all around the Liberty Movement for many of his opinions. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Kyle? Uh, Sure. Thanks for having me on today. Um, I was a uh, Ron Paul supporter. I I actually ran as a Ron Paul delegate in 2012. I got into politics in 2010, kind of found Ron Paul around then, helped him, helped his campaign in 2012. Uh, then I started getting into Rothbard and um, the Mises Institute. I became an ANCAP for about four years. And then uh, in June of 15, I started reading Mises and I switched from ANCAP to Minarchist because Mises, um, you know, is very adamant that the state is, uh, is necessary. And he even says the state is the foundation of society. So at that point, I became very anti um, ANCAP and very vocal against anarcho capitalism. Uh, I'm also the chairman of the um, Baltimore County Libertarian Party, and um, I run a debate group called Anarcho-Capitalism versus Minarchism with about 11,000 members, and I'm the admin of the Misesians Facebook page, where every Monday I try to promote some um, Mises economic thinking. And uh, just, just can we clarify the rumors here, Kyle? It's a fringe libertarian group. Uh, you know, it brings all the women in. Is this uh, correct? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have about ten percent women uh, based on the the uh, group statistics. <laughs> well, that's great. A uh, little fun, a little uh, in joke when it comes to the group, of course, but a very good group. And both of you guys, I'm, I'm so glad to be able to uh, moderate for both of you. you guys are big names in liberty movement, which is going to make this whole debate way better because the debate tonight we have is essentially the question, do property rights exist without government? Now, um, each of you are going to have three minutes to go ahead and pose an introduction. Um, you guys are going to have your, your, your initial arguments, of course. Uh, I believe we're going to be starting with Vinny, if I'm not mistaken on this one. So um, after that, we're going to also have some questions. So I'm going to let this go ahead and hash out as best I can. I will obviously try to intervene if things do get a little too out of hand. I don't think it should with these two great men, of course. So, Vinny, um, question really posed to you first. You have three minutes. Do property rights exist without a government? Sure. Um, obviously, I'm arguing the position that they do. 
Um, we went through definitions earlier. Um, so we're just going to assume that we're all clear on that. Now, for my argument, I'm going to pose a hypothetical. Um, let's say there is a situation and there are people and maybe they're on an island or maybe it's just this universe where only these people exist, right? There's six people and there's this plot of land that these six people exist on, right? And so those six people, they all sit down together and they say, all right, so I think it's fair that you should be allowed to claim a a portion of your land. And if anyone, any of the six of us try to aggress on you for it, you're, you're fair to defend yourself there. Um, And my argument is very simple in that that in and of itself is an example of a right to property existing without governmental central power. Um, As a um, second portion uh, of my argument, I also uh, wanted to present something here uh, that I had found, and this is actually from um, Mises himself uh, from the book Liberalism. Socio-economic exposition, and this is on page sixty-seven and sixty-eight of that book, uh, where Ludwig says private property creates for the individual a sphere in which he is free of the state. It sets limits to the operation of the authoritarian will. It allows other forces to arise side by side, with and in opposition to political power. It thus becomes the basis of all those activities that are free from violent interference. On the part of the state. So I would argue that not only is it um, possible for property rights to exist without the government or the state, um, not only that, but your beloved Mises uh, agreed with my sentiment as well. All right. And would that be uh, the are you good on that one? Yeah, that that um, everything I needed to say on the topic, uh, I, I believe I expressed. Okay, and uh, within record time, uh, you had uh, about a minute left on that one. Good job. So, Kyle, uh, same question is posed to you for your argument. Of course, uh, do property rights exist without government? Um, Yeah, I I think, you know, the the common rights that people typically say uh, are natural are the right to life, liberty, and property. Those are, um, at least within the libertarian movement, um, the three rights that people say are natural rights. You know, progressives might add a right to a house, a right to food, a right to clothing, a right to health care, all kinds of additional rights on top of those rights. But um, within the libertarian movement, it's typically life, liberty and property. So I'm going to quote Mises as well. I mean, I always appreciate Mises quotes. I wasn't expecting Vinny to, to, to throw one at me like that. But um, this is Mises attacking the idea of natural rights. He says, Uh, There is, however, no such thing as natural law and a perennial standard of what is just and what is unjust. Nature is alien to the idea of right and wrong. Thou shalt not kill is certainly not a part of natural law. Uh, The characteristic feature of natural conditions is that one animal is intent upon killing other animals and that many species cannot preserve their own life except by killing others. The notion of right and wrong is a human device, a utilitarian precept designed to make social cooperation under the division of labor possible. All moral rules and human laws are means for the realization of definite ends. There is no method available for the appreciation of their goodness or badness other than to scrutinize their usefulness for the attainment of the ends chosen and aimed at. From the notion of natural law, some people deduce the justice of the institution of private pro- private property and the means of productions. 
Uh, other people resort to natural law for the justification of the abolition of private property in the means of production. As the idea of natural law, law is quite arbitrary, such discussions are not open to settlement. State and government are not ends, but means. So the point that I wanted to make there is, you know, I'm, I'm making this about do these rights exist without government or are they natural? Uh, I don't think property is a natural right. You know, in Vinny's example of a six-person society happen, happening to agree on, um, you know, property and the rights of those six individuals, they're still kind of coming together and collaborating as a group and making that decision. I mean, you could, I, I guess that's not technically a state. Uh, maybe you could say it's a government, probably not, but there are no six-person societies that I'm aware of. So we're really, it, it's just meaningless to even consider a six-person society. We need to think about what happens when there are thousands or millions of people and many of them don't agree with property allocation um, and how do you deal with that. And that's where you need some authority to resolve those differences and disagreements and decide who is going to own what and then enforce those rules. All right, just under uh, three minutes. Very good job, guys. So we have some structure to the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so those are the opening <clears throat> arguments. Uh, Vinny, would you like to have anything to say about what, uh, uh, firstly, with what Kyle said? Absolutely. Um, okay, so the first thing I would like to point out is in your Mies- Mises quote. Uh, he says natural law, not rights. Um, so in my opinion, that quote is not relevant to this debate. Second, um you said that this construct of six people, um, whether it be uh, alone in a desolate area, uh, in, in some kind of made up atmosphere. Um, again, the, the question being posed is do property rights exist without a government? And I believe I've sufficiently answered that question. Um, is it a situation where a very small amount of people are, uh, the ones that are contained in a society. Uh, no, it's not common. Obviously, we're growing, we're getting bigger, populations are increasing. But to say that that doesn't exist, I feel is false. So we can scale that up to maybe 20 people, maybe 30 people. And it's the same construct that I'm trying to get to, which is a group of people can agree on standards. And that agreement on standards is not necessarily a government. So with that, property rights exist without a government, right? The question is not, is it sustainable? The question is not, is it enforceable? The question is not anything other than, do these rights exist without a government? And I feel I've sufficiently answered that question. And I don't feel that the Mises quote or the assertion uh, on the number of people uh, and its scalability are relevant toward that. All right. So he's saying as the numbers increase and they agree, they agree, they agree at 30, at 40, at 50, at some point you're bound to get some disagreement, some dissension. Someone's going to say, I don't agree with private property or I don't agree with the current, I don't agree with this allocation. I agree with you. But but let me, let me finish. And so at that point, when you have say 30 agree and five don't agree, what else do you call the majority that's imposing its will on the dissenters? I mean, how unrealistic is it that you would get a population of 320 million people to agree on private ownership of pr- private property ownership and, and, and not have to be forced to submit to those rules? 
Um, I, you know, I actually agree with you in a sense in that this does get more challenging as it scales. Um, but the question posed for the debate is not, um, do property rights exist on a large scale without government? The debate question is, do property rights exist without a government? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess my point is at some point that group of people that's deciding these are, this is your land and that's my land. And these are the rights, the ownership rights that we have. That, that group that's making that call, making that judgment call, and is actually assuming a position of authority and is, in, in essence, becoming a government. They're the, deci- they're the deciders. They're the decision makers. Well, can there be a decision well, can there be a decision maker without there being any sort of government when it comes to allocating private rights? Uh, sorry, private property rights. Expand on that a bit. Well, I guess, I guess the question being... Um, can there be somebody let, – let's say that there is no state or no government or anything to that effect. Let's say uh, you know, we obviously have – you could have a government or you could not have a government, of course. Uh, but the question necessarily that I'm trying to pose is uh, who, if there wasn't a government, you know, who is there to pose basically who can allocate whose private property or property is, is whose at that point? Hmm. Okay. Sure. Um, Kyle, I guess this is for me, right? Because Kyle's response is yes, don't. Of course, that that's <laughs> for you. I think we know what Kyle's going to say. That the, right. Kyle says it doesn't Kyle's happen. Kyle's response would be that the, well, the government does it. Well, I th- his response would be that's nonsense because without the government, you're going to right. So, um, I guess. Right. So who, who originates with it? And this, this is a common question, right? And, and the point to that is you've got, you've got these axioms that exist, right? With, with Rothbardian kind of philosophy and with, with even with a, all the other philosophers, you've got an axiom that you can kind of pivot on. With Rothbard, it's the NAP, right? The non-aggression principle. So you don't need anyone to set that standard. Um, and, and, and that is probably going to be the best answer to that question, right? Is some kind of agreed upon truth, right? Like, like when we sit there and we talk about our morals objective or are they subjective and we talk about this, you know, I, I tend to agree with Kyle and, and Mises in the sense that what's bad to one person might not be bad to another. I agree with that. However, if you've got a group of people, be it five or 15,000, and all of those people are in pretty firm agreement that murder is bad, theft is bad, um, attacking people, you know, without, without reason is bad, right? Those are very basic agreements that you're able to have. And, and having those agreements does not necessitate a state, right? There is no control or monopoly on violence. There is no control or monopoly on law. There is no coercion through and, 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 and tax and wealth redistribution, right? There are no state uh, what's the word I'm looking for, right? There's, there's nothing that defines a state in that agreement. It's just an agreement. It's an agreement among people. Um, to Kyle's question, will, will disagreements happen? Yes. And I will answer that with, that's what arbitration's for. Um, so, so I guess that's my best answer to those questions. Okay. Absolutely. Do you have anything to say? Do yeah, you have of course. To I mean, that or, you know, if he's making a bad assumption that people are going to agree to arbitration, which they're not. Um, you know, people like large groups Wait, form and but there's, a, there's a fallacy here. Well, okay. Let me finish. And I, I mean, there's a lot of fallacies in what, in what you said. I mean, another bad assumption is that, um, 
people believe in the nap or they're going to follow the nap. I mean, ANCAPs follow the nap, but they're a small minority. Most people don't even, most people have never even heard of the nap, nor do they care about the nap. You know, they care about, um, like Bernie Sanders wants to expand Medicaid for, or Medicare for all. I mean, he, he doesn't care about the nap. So why are, why are the nap loving ANCAPs going to be, why do they think they're going to be in charge over all these people that oppose the nap? No one, I never, I, okay. So first of all, that's an assertion and you're incorrect. I never, ever said that it's a bunch of ANCAPs and everyone assumes. Nathan posed a question to me saying, if in a construct of no state, who makes a standard? Well, I, right. You, you, who, yes, exactly. Whose who's standard of legitimacy do we go by to say if someone, to, to say if someone, uh, let's say person A has a claim on a land and person B challenges that claim, who has ultimately the final say in who that, uh, that right. and so goes to? What, what my, you know, whose legitimacy what I, do we what go I on? What I replied to that with was, this is how that exists. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it's a collection of ANCAPs. I didn't say this is likely what's going to happen. It's not likely what's going to happen. I said this is how that would happen. Yeah, he gave he gave a he basically gave a solution that would come to that, not necessarily what would happen. It's too, it's too difficult to He's say. He's assuming what would both parties would submit to that private arbiter. Kyle, Kyle, when was the last time you murdered somebody? Uh, I mean, I've never murdered anyone, but that when was, doesn't. When mean was the last time? No, no. When was the last time you punched someone in the face just because you wanted to punch someone in the face? I can't say. So, last is, time was. When's the last time you yelled politically? I just, <laughs> so my, my, the reason I ask this is because did you need the nap <laughs> to never kill somebody? Was is 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 law the only reason that you've never killed somebody? The reason that you've never taken a human being's life, is it because the construct of law exists or is it because you don't like murdering people? Uh, I'm, I mean, I feel pretty confident that I would have had to kill somebody if it wasn't for the protection of police and if it wasn't for the legal structure of society that outlaws murder. I think that there would be a lot more threats to my life that I would have to respond to by myself. I probably would have been killed a long time ago or never even been born in the first place if we didn't have law and order. You're avoiding my question. I mean, I, I think it's – first of all, it's you're making a bad assumption by putting it on I'm me. I'm not making any assumption. Would you personally do this when I know for a fact lots of people okay. would kill and okay. would murder, would punch in the face if it wasn't for the threat of jail and if it wasn't for the police? I think that they're a deterrent to those behaviors. Right. Anything can be a deterrent to those behaviors, Kyle, because most people agree that that behavior is not right. And you don't need a law to tell you that, right? So you're presenting something to me where you are wrongly telling me that I'm assuming. So I'm not assuming anything. I'm telling you that you don't murder people because you know murdering is bad and you didn't need the nap to tell you that. So that completely blows apart your argument that that any kind of agreement or construct cannot serve the purpose of indicating morals to people. People have instincts that tell them what is right or wrong. You don't need a government construct to tell you what is right or wrong. And I will then turn around and challenge you with this. If, in fact, the law is necessary to grant you rights and to tell you what is right or wrong, then how can you honestly say that you don't support communism because you, you're all about your logical ends, taking things to their logical end. The logical end to this kind of faithless surrender of power to the state 
to grant you rights and privileges to live and breathe and to have people not aggress on you is the same kind of, of sacrifice of power that leads to absolute communist rule. Are you there? Uh, anything to say to that, Kyle? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a terrible assumption to think that just because I'm a decent person that everyone's a decent person. They're not. Never lots of people that. are rotten. Lots of people do need law. Lots of people should be in jail, and they need to be governed. This so is the you're fourth time you told me it was an assumption that I didn't assume. Why? Why, why do you, you – you're just talking about me personally and you're ignoring the real problem, which is the fact that there are criminals out there and that we need authorities over them and we need enforcement over them to deal with them. They're the problem. I think Kyle does Your, your morals point. are not universal. I think, I think Kyle does pose a good point though. There are people that are, regardless if the, if the structure of law exists or not are going to still commit crimes. Uh, a lot of these people are going like, for example, you look at when uh, the the hurricanes that have been occurring. Uh, you look at how there's looters going around. There's people going into buildings and t- that that are not their private property, and going around and you know taking from people. And you have people then taking up vigilante justice to their own degree. I mean, I saw the other day. Uh, people that had, um, you know, those hunting posts, those people that they put those up, they, they stand up from a good area where they can hunt animals, whether it was people joking about uh, them hunting looters that are going to be going into buildings. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious that there are going to be people that are bad. The question is, do we require, I mean, ultimately, I, I think it really boils down to, is it necessarily that law is going to deter that behavior or is people going to be deterring that behavior? Here's the problem. It's, 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 your approach, Kyle, is completely dogmatic, and 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 it's frustrating for me because you keep on asserting that I'm assuming things. I'm not assuming anything, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is what I believe in isn't just called anarchy, right? And so you clearly have this dogmatic uh, vision in your mind of what anarchy is, and that's no one can have any rules, no one can have any structure, and if anything like that exists, it's not anarchy. Well, we've just walked over a few different situations where there are structures and there are norms and there are standards without a government existing, right? Now, I'm not trying to plan how to fix the world, right? I never have. I don't believe in that. I'm not a globalist. I'm not even a nationalist. I don't think in a way of how do I fix the problems for the nation. I think how is something feasible in a group of individuals, right? And so when you put it into that aspect and you put it into that frame, anarcho-capitalism has capitalism attached to it because there's a method, a mechanism of correction that doesn't take coercion, right? And so that is to say that there is a standard of rules and there is an axiom of structure and norms but it doesn't require a central authority with a monopoly on violence to enforce it. That doesn't mean that rules don't exist. That just means that there's no involuntary coercion going on as, as someone who has the ability to play judge, jury, and executioner in granting rights, creating rules, and enforcing them. Right. So you're attacking a representation that is not what I believe in. Hmm. Yeah, see, you're you're missing that. You need the the people making the rules and enforcing them. You do need coercion. You know, it, it's not going to be voluntary to think that that it's going to be voluntary to everybody. That everybody's going to agree with capitalism. That everybody's going to agree with NAP, and that you're never going to need Are involuntary you missing the part coercion. Where I said I'm not a nationalist. Is, 
completely unrealistic. Yo, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish, Vinny. It's totally unrealistic. It's a, it's a world of angels, like and angels that happen to believe in anarcho-capitalism and subscribe to your ideology. It doesn't exist. I said a group it, of it individuals. Exist. I'm never not going. planning a global society. This is the problem, is you keep thinking for the world, how to fix the world. I'm talking about a group of individuals. It could be a street full of people. Well, and let's, and let's all remember, we're all libertarians, and there's many different types of libertarians. And just on that same token, there are many different types of people that claim to be anarcho-capitalists as well. Um, I, think, I think that Kyle's representation of ANCAPs uh, can, can, be somewhat, uh, can be somewhat fair for some people, but I don't think it necessarily applies to everyone. Um, and I don't even think it necessarily subscribes to the majority of people that would subscribe to that. For example, you have many Rothbardian uh, type ANCAPs. You have many Friedman type ANCAPs that have a completely different worldview as far as how uh, you know private property can be protected. And, 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 and to be fair, guys, I'd like to kind of jump into this next question here, which I think kind of jumps to everything we just said in the last few minutes. Um, a question here being, can private property be protected without the state? Um, and I and I think this does jump in, like I said, back with what we've been, just been talking about for the last few minutes. Um, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and start? Can private property be protected without the state? Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible for an individual, say a homeowner, to like shoot somebody with a gun or something like that. But the problem is when you have large groups uh, that organize and then they threaten the private property order. So a thousand socialists or um, you know, a thousand gangsters. What, what happens is people, in order to get stronger, they, they join up, they form gangs, they form groups, they form communities, they form towns, and they organize. And that's where you end up needing stronger and stronger force to deal with them and to deal with that, that group. And so I like, you know, let's say you have an army, uh, you get attacked by uh, the Russian army or the Canadian army or something, because states are the highest or the strongest force that we've been able to assemble as humans. Uh, we haven't yet assembled a global army. Maybe we would if we were threatened by aliens or something like that. But, you know, you end up just forming larger and larger forces in order to match the, the threat. Okay. And, uh, well, the question also posed to you as well, Vinny, can private property be protected without the state? Or did you have anything you want sure, to rebut, um, rebut the, the, the first thing I'll rebute, uh, just because it was just mentioned, right, the tail end of his argument, I just, I just feel like mentioning this because I have never had a chance to vocally say it to you, Kyle, is faction wars are bullshit. They happen now. If someone has a bigger army, they're going to attack us. So that's that. Um, on the question of enforcement of property rights. I, I think this is really cut and dry. It, if, if we're going to sit there and talk about the fact that it's possible for a norm or a structure or a standard to exist without a government, I think that it's absolutely possible for enforcement of that to exist without a government. It's literally a case of someone saying, okay, so this is how it's going to be. And then once it's been established, this is how it's going to be, then anyone can be free to uphold that agreement um to me it's pretty cut and dry that it's absolutely possible for enforcement to exist and when you talk about faction wars you know what's stopping russia from coming at us right now right and this is also like how, how often do you get people coming to your house with an armada trying to break into it right i think most people are trying to go about their lives they want to walk their dogs they want to they want to take their kids for walks there are bad people out there yes but these instances where they're just gangs of people running around 
trying to attack people who have never been involved with crime or gangs is completely a fallacy. It's not the reality that we live in. All right. And would you have anything to say uh, in response to that? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say when you've been living under political stability for uh, basically our entire lives and you've never really witnessed political unrest that there's no such thing as faction wars. But uh, if you look at other countries where their governments have been destabilized, you know, you look at Iraq where ISIS is uh, trying to take over the northern half of the country. Um, I mean, it it does happen when uh, a government loses control that you have these different factions that fight to regain control. And we have factions like we have the Democratic Party is a very large faction in this country that would, quite frankly, they would kill ANCAPs if it ever came down to violence. I mean, they would stick the police on ANCAPs. Why wouldn't they kill anarchists? They would stick the the police and military on ANCAPs, on anarchists, if you guys ever threaten if you ever threaten the state. And why so, wouldn't they kill a, a, a limited government minarchist? Because you threaten the state, too. Yeah. I don't they, threaten they, the state. Kinda, I don't threaten I the existence of the state. how are you going to minimize it? Well, we want to change the role of the state. We want to control it. Yeah. <laughs> You want to take – okay, listen. The state is a bloated bitch. It's a gross pig. If you take away or try to take away any of what makes it the big, gross, bloated bitch that it is, it's going to fight you back. It doesn't care if you want to control it. You, you're trying to change the status quo for how it operates. It's going to kill both of us, Kyle, first of all. Second of all, I never said there's no such thing as faction wars. I said it's a fallacy to try and argue it against me because it exists no matter what. So I said the exact opposite. Of what you told me, I said I didn't say there's no such thing. They, I said, to be fair, to be fair, Vinny, you did, you did immediately. It's bullshit. Say it's, <laughs> it's bullshit because it's it's. Bullshit. Right, listen, a bullshit doesn't mean there's no such thing. Bullshit means it's it's bullshit. He's gonna say there's faction wars, and I turned around and said there's faction wars now, right? So I never said it. There's no such thing. I said it's a bullshit argument because there's faction wars now. Faction wars always exist. There's always going to be a bigger army, and there's nothing anyone can do about that. Utopias don't exist. You're trying to eliminate a problem that can't be eliminated. That's why it's bullshit. Okay, well, in my defense, I, you can understand how I would hear faction wars are bullshit, and then you and then take that to mean there's no such thing as faction wars. When you're well, saying I did say directly now, afterwards. I would disagree that they exist now. I think we have political stability, at least in this country. They might exist in Syria. They might exist in Iraq right now. But in this country, <laughs> the federal government is firmly in control. All the state governments are in control and all the local governments are in control. And there's no current wars trying to overthrow them. Then what the fuck happened in Charlottesville? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, you might. Nah, I wouldn't really go so far as to call that a faction war. I think that really? was really someone died. Yeah, but that was one indiv- that was one individual guy running into a crowd. I would I would just that was call killed it killed by a part of a faction. Well, the, the to be fair, Vinny, we a lot of information in that in- entire incident is not exactly clear. A lot of people on the right wing say that the Antifa protesters right, that were doesn't matter though because it's a faction war. I mean, it's not that was nothing. Right, but it wasn't an, it wasn't intended kill as far as what some people are alleging. Now, I, I can't say that I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was or wasn't intended for someone to die. But the, from what we understand of that, there is a good possibility that there was no intent to kill anybody. That right, but that's that, that the hand. point is, but is there's two groups of people, two factions that disagreed. They got together and they battled. Someone's dead now. Right, I don't care what the intent was. That's what happened. It was a faction war. Right, sure. you've got North Korea. 
right? If this is just two people standing in a room together, they'd be throwing dogs by now. The only reason they're not is because there's nuclear weapons involved and there's millions of people. So it's a slow process, but that's still a war and it's still factions. So this whole assertion that, that faction wars are only the ANCAP problem is what I'm calling bullshit. Mm. It's a world problem all the time. It never doesn't exist. Can I respond? Please. Yeah. Now, I, I use the term Absolutely. faction wars just to talk about uh, inner gut, like within a, within a country, within a government, like within the United States, different factions fighting. I don't call uh, states fighting other states faction wars uh that it just it's just a term it's a terminology issue i understand what vinny's saying it's like this is a large group of people fighting another large group of people what is that if not faction wars but i'm just i'm just using the term to describe domestic unrest within a country where people are fighting over control of territory rather than uh interstate wars or, or states fighting each other i mean that's just regular war right it's it's well, well, let me let me let me ask this question, okay? And and Kyle, what would you so mm-hmm. you use this term faction wars very frequently, okay? Um, you know, barring barring whether any of us agree or disagree with what we believe on that, can you please define what a faction is specifically? When yeah, it's a large group of people that have decided to unite under a common cause, often under a single political ideology or rallying around a singular leader or group of leaders. So like um you know, progressives, you might call them a faction, even within the progressives or within the Democratic Party, there's a smaller faction. So there's smaller groups that are united around ideology. Like there's a Bernie Sanders kind of far, far left faction. There's a centrist faction. The Republican Party has its factions. So libertarians could be described as a faction. So it's just it's it's groups of people with similar ideologies and even within the Libertarian Party, we have an ANCAP faction and a minarchist faction, and we have a alt-right kind of faction, and we have some left-leaning libertarian kind of faction. So it's, it's just people with similar views uh, joining together. Right, right. Okay, well, I mean, I, to be fair, though, I mean, with what Vinny said about with, with governments going and bombing each other, it almost it kind of somewhat described... I mean, is is there a distinction between a government and a faction? Though, is really what I'm asking. Is is when it really comes down to it, what what makes two countries bombing each other any different than, for example, Charlottesville with the Antifa and uh, far right protesters, or what, whatever section of the right protesters that were existent? You know, what what's the difference between those besides obviously the weapons used? I think just the fact that we acknowledge that those are formal governments and not informal groups. Like Antifa would be a faction, but you know the state of Maryland would be a government. You know, so it's just it's just what people call it. It's what we say. No, no, Vinny, it's it's a serious question. I, I, I really the reason wanna... I'm laughing is because I don't I don't see how that answers it, right? Like basically, Kyle is just saying it's different because I say so, right? It's, no, it's two different because we think so. It's different because no, we it's not. It. I don't. I well, don't. You know, so it clearly people... isn't. No, they don't. Well, I mean, well, Vinny, are you then asserting that Antifa is a government because people happen to... <laughs> no, but but how is that? That's a false dichotomy. I'm not... I never said it had to be one or the other. No, no, but I'm but I'm asking is it, it, at that point you're... What, what I'm basically saying is at that point, I mean, because but Kyle... Kyle doesn't run around group. saying government wars. He runs around saying faction wars. And if he wants it to be specific to say that governments aren't included in factions, then he should state that every time he drops his tagline. Because it's well, be a, I, I think that would be a little. I think that'd be a little. Uh, 
uh, clunky for him to have to pretense every time. I agree, and I think that speaks to the point of how ridiculous that statement is. Because that's my whole point for calling it bullshit. Faction wars exist, period. Right? Whether it's a group of people that you call a government or a group of people that you call an alt-right or antifa, it's two groups of people that are in a conflict and they're attacking each other because there's a conflict. That's a war of factions, period. Sure, sure. Um, and you know we do have some questions on Facebook as well, and this actually does tie continue to continue to tie into this particular uh, strand of the conversation too. Um, and the question was posed to Kyle. I'm sorry to put Kyle twice in a row here, but it was posed to Kyle. I said, Kyle, uh, you say if there isn't a government, there will be faction wars. Uh, in one country throughout the world, there are many countries, factions constantly at war. Always has been, always will be. What is your solution to this? And this question will also be posed to Vinny afterwards. So, Kyle, what would your solution to uh, these factions constantly being at war? Yeah. Again, I, I use the phrase faction wars to distinguish from wars between governments, I'm just talking about within a single singular country, different factions fighting for control of that territory. Um, but this, what happens with gov- governments fighting governments? A lot of times, you know, they have they have borders between them. If they would stay on their side of the borders and respect each other's sovereignty, like we do with Canada and Mexico, where we we don't send armies across their borders and try to take over their territory. So if if countries just respect one another's borders and respect each other, they don't have to fight. Now, what you can do and what's often been proposed and which libertarians strongly object to is have a government of governments, which would be a world government, and then they would police the governments. And a lot of libertarians will say, oh, there's no call for that. That's ridiculous. But you have to think about times when there's like a genocide going on uh, or things like that, where I think it does make sense for the world community to intervene and and stop it. I mean, what about like the Holocaust? Should the world community, had they found out about the Holocaust going on, intervened and tried to put a stop to it? I think you can make the case that they should have. You know, and that would have been a case, and we sort of did. I mean, we formed a coalition with um, the Allied powers and and tried to stop Germany. So it kind of did happen that way, where, you know, some governments united and tried to put a stop to some evil misdeeds by one um, malignant government or malicious government. So to clarify, your your solution to your solution to the constant globalism, essentially, would, yeah. It, it, no, don't 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 give globalism such a bad name. I mean, well, no, granted, no, no. I mean, it can't it can't have its bad parts to it. But I mean, I, I mean, sure, that does basically boil down, I think, to what he's saying. But yeah, it wasn't uh, an insult. I was just trying to summarize. Oh, okay. Briefly, yeah, yeah. Forgive me, forgive me. A lot of a lot of people use the word globalism in, and and it it does have bad elements. I'm not saying it It carries a stigma. Yeah, but I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it in an insulting manner. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm obviously, I'm trying to be a moderator. Sure, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, but to clarify, Kyle, you're basically saying that in order to to cease, uh, in order to cease the faction wars or, or or factions going to war with each other or governments going to war with each other, um, is to basically have a bigger force than all of that. Is, is that is that yeah, what I'm or, getting yes. from that? Yes, I mean, basically, you you hope what doesn't happen is. You get the bad guy nations um, ally, and then the good guy nations ally, and then you get another world war. So that's a very dangerous um, possibility there. I didn't really address the faction wars as far as domestically in that in my answer there. I was talking about uh, governments fighting governments, regular war. Right, I think right. that was the guy's question, though, right? It was about governments. Uh, that, yeah, that I mean, the, well, the guy's question, if if I'm to interpret it correctly, is to imply that. Uh, 
Kyle Wagner's definition of faction wars is governments going to, going at each other to encompass part of that as well. Okay. That's that's okay. my assumption of the question. So I'm going I, I posed it in that manner. Um, but Vinny, I mean, you know, obviously, if if you're going to take the you know the anarcho-capitalist worldview, um, you know, how is it going to be? How are you guys going to be going and fixing the solution of countries going to war with each other? The question, the question specifically posed as you, um, uh, let's cut out the Kyle part of the question. You know, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you guys have a solution essentially to factions or countries being at war with one another? How do you eventually fix that? Sure, I don't. That's my answer. So <laughs> that's a good answer. You talk about uh, now. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Because I. I think um, I by me just saying I don't right it it feels cool to say but obviously it leaves it open for Kyle to tell me I'm being irresponsible about things like the Nazis and he's right so I'm not saying that no situation going on internationally ever requires any kind of assistance um, but I am saying that strictly speaking if you have a situation where two countries are at war with each other what do you do to fix it you don't. And the reason I say that is because the world is an imperfect place. And I feel that when people argue politically, they get stuck on trying to push each other to espouse a society free of issue. And they won't be pleased until they hear about answers that convince them a society free of issue can exist. And basically what I'm saying is no such society will ever exist. Right, right. Of course, there's, there's, there's never going to be the solution to fix right. everything. But the question being, uh, how do you, you know, how do you get countries across the world to to stop blowing each other up? Essentially, you don't. You don't. That's gonna. Okay. There's always going to be conflict, and it's not our job to stop that conflict all the time. And I think that as a Ron Paul fan, Kyle would agree with me for the most part there. Now, there are situations where you've got like the Nazis, and that was a situation where the whole entire world had to put their heads together and figure out how to approach that. In a stateless society, my answer to a situation like the Nazis is no different. You put your heads together the best you can as, as, a, as a space filled with individuals and figure out how you can stop something because it's obviously no good, right? And I just, I just don't necessarily feel that a giant one-world government is the answer, and the reason I'm going to Go ahead and so my question that I pose to you, Kyle. So you're a libertarian, you're a minarchist, you believe in minimal state, you have disdain for the government, and you believe that at some level they are inept or um, unable to do whatever else you wouldn't want to minimize it, right? Um, why then uh, is all of that thrown away when you consider that you trust the government with a military big enough to? overpower anything that's 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 a lot of power for for a institution that you want to minimize because it's not doing a good job yeah that's a good question um you know i think government is it's a it's a special institution it's a unique institution that's why we talk about it so much and i think it has a specific role in society and i think there's a reason why we form governments why people form governments and that is, you know, the need for law and order and the need for a collective defense. So I, that's why I think government has its role. It has a proper role, just like gasoline has a proper role. 
gasoline's not good for drinking, but it's good for powering motors. I, I don't know. You know I, government's I would not good for good running healthcare, but it is good. It is good at force, and because it's a communal force, it's stronger than any private interest, and so it's able to suppress not only uh, malicious private interests but also malicious groups. But, um, um, and that's why uh, we need a government. I just think it's funny you're boasting the power of communal force. Um, let's let's go to these questions that you had, Nathan. Sure. Yes. And so, um, I, and I was kind of yeah, leaving okay. a little open. I didn't know if you wanted to say something really quick. Okay, so um, we are reaching kind of. Uh, I mean, this has been a pretty good debate so far, and it is kind of getting, uh, you know, getting into the later ends of the uh, of the night tonight. So uh, we're going to shoot through these two last questions relatively quickly. Um, the first question is: If government suddenly didn't exist, who would protect your rights, and would your rights even exist? And I'm going to go ahead and let the let Vinny start with this one. Vinny, if the government doesn't exist, who protects your rights? Um, so I'll start, uh, I guess, as Kyle would say, like any ANCAP would, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to start at the individual level, and I'm going to say, you do. And if you can't, you can pay someone else to. And a natural progression of problem solving would grow from there. Obviously, like Kyle has talked about, and it is a very real possibility, but, wait, sorry, not the right term, not a possibility, but a, re a very real factor is the idea of scale. I believe that it can scale without a government. I do believe in um, the idea of private law enforcement. Um, that's obviously a bigger debate, but that's my answer is I, you do it or you can pay someone else to do it. Okay. And uh, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I, how much money do you possibly have? I mean, can you afford your own personal army? Can you afford aircraft carriers? Can you afford fighter jets, bombers, Apache helicopters, tanks? You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you think, okay, all I need to do is just pay some bruisers and they're going to go solve my problem. Well, what happens if your opponent has more money than you, more friends than you, more guns, better weaponry? And, and ultimately, it comes down to numbers. It comes down to your opponent is not one person. It's thousands and thousands of people who don't agree with your politics, with your laws, your rules, when was the last... who don't agree with ANCAPs. But who, when is that my opponent? When was the last time your opponent had jets and tanks, Kyle? When was the last time you had an issue with someone that, that brought an army of tanks and airplanes to your door? Cops don't have you're, tanks you're an and airplanes. You're an enemy of the state. I am Vinny. not an enemy of the state, just as much as you are. We already went over this. I'm going to quote you on that one. No, I, I, I mean it as much as you are, right? You said already that they're going to kill ANCAPs. I said they killed minarchists too because minarchists want to minimize government. Anyone that wants to take away what the government is right now is an enemy of government, right? And I'm not like – I'm not an enemy of government. I'm, I'm into politics, but it's a different idea for what government should do. I'm not an enemy of the state. You guys walk around with shirts that say you're enemies of the state. I don't have that shirt. You say you guys. Where's that shirt? Where's that shirt? Well, look, guys. Uh, Rock Party wear it all the time. It's one of the biggest sellers. I don't have that shirt. Well, this is is that an assertion is, that you're placing on me from a collective guys, opinion? Guys, this is more de uh, denigrating. Being an anarchist, you're an, you're an enemy of the state. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. That's not it's the same. I mean, it's, it's part of the word is anarchist. Okay, part of the word. It's a prefix, not the whole word. All right, listen. All right. So we got Vinnie Marshall, not an enemy. So, of the state. so I let didn't. Me, let me oh, shift. Jesus you. Christ! What am I doing? Hold on. What am I doing? That's that, that that is a threat to the state any more than what you're doing. I mean, it's how a am I an enemy, enemy to the state? 
Any more than you We're all enemies of the state. Enemies. We hate the federal government. I understand that. But it's just you're trying to peg it like you got some aha. All I'm trying to you say said, is who are, who are these enemies that have tanks and guns and, and soldiers and all that? And I said if you're an enemy of the state and if you're enemies of states, you know, states have those things. They and have it's that complete, kind of – And it's completely ridiculous. Like you're inflating it to be a completely nonsensical so he has a point. level of ridiculousness has because you want to be because right. Vinny's, what, Vinny's, what Vinny's trying to say here is that it's, it's inflated to a much greater conflict. But let's, let's scale the conflict down obviously, much more to local level. Not, we're not talking about militias going after a single individual. Let's talk about let's somebody, uh, for example, trying to break into someone's ha- home or whatever without that government existing. Uh, who would protect the rights of somebody, for example, of, 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 you know, petty crimes or smaller crimes than, you know, war crimes we're talking about here? You know, who has who has tanks and planes and stuff? What about just the common robber, the common individual that's got a gun or somebody who just has a purpose trying to get some quick cash or whatever? How do you address it at that point as, as far as from that scale of level? Kyle? Uh, at a small level, I mean, I think it's a bad assumption even to think that an individual property owner is some sort of like invincible or something. You know, let's say there's five or six robbers and they all have guns. You know, they're going to kill you and they're going to take your stuff. Are they going to kill you? Yeah. I think that's a pretty broad assertion, though, right? I, I like, what if, what if I, I, people die in robberies? It, it, it is a, if people do die in robberies, but it's, it's, I guess the problem I have with it is that it's a position that says if you are outnumbered, you're automatically going to lose. Therefore, we need the government. More numbers. Right? And t- What's that? More numbers. Well, more numbers or government, right? But then to your point, you're saying faction wars, so more numbers begets more numbers, right? You're going to need more numbers on top of that, more numbers on top of that. Yep. Your argument is essentially, well, as long as a government exists, then that's the most powerful thing, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it suppresses right. the other factions by force. Right, and I and I understand that, right? But like, when you talk, like I said before, you talk all the time about following things to their logical path, mm-hmm. right? And And so... How is that – it just – so basically one person has this monopoly to build, 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 build force and impose their will on the citizens of a country and how – with how dogmatic you are about this kind of like the, the uh, – how's the term pronounced? Dantological approach that you have, right? When it's just like, okay, this is the rule. We follow the rule. And then at the same time – I'm not the – And so um, I would propose that you are, right? If, if, if dantological ethics are – uh, a, a normative position judging morality on action based on rules, I'd say that's very close to what you do, right? Because the rules are entirely the axiom that sets the stage. If if government starts by granting you rights, then I would I would argue that it's that's very deontological, right? Because everything is based on that rule. And uh, yeah, I sorry about that. Go go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, I typically uh, consider myself a utilitarian, but I'm not immoral. I mean, I, I do see a role for morals. Uh, it's just that I, I see them as necessary to uh, help us get along socially with each other. So they, they, morals have a rule. And if you're by yourself, like a guy alone on an island, uh, he has no need for morals. Like what he does, um, he just does what works for him. His, his actions don't affect anyone else, so um, 
I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, just that I guess morals are related to uh, being in a social environment. Sure, but do you do you think morals exist without the state? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think so. Would you say that that in and of itself is enough to base some sort of axiom on, right? Like if you can say that morals exist without a state, then you could say that, okay, me and some people have some moral similarities – so we can base an axiom of enforcement on those moral similarities because you don't need a law to tell you that murder is bad because me and my friends all agree on it. So now me and my friends can all say, now that we agree on that, we can figure out how to protect ourselves from it. Yeah, but it. even, if, is even that, if one person doesn't agree with you and your morals and your friend's morals, then you and your friends are governing that person's behavior. See, this isn't true. And this is something that I do take issue with. It's not true. Now, in saying we are people that don't want to be murdered, you're not saying I'm going to govern, like I'm going to tell you how to live your life, right? Saying I don't want to be murdered and I have a right to not be murdered doesn't tell someone don't murder me, don't try to murder me. It kind of does. No, it doesn't. You can give it a shot. Mm-hmm. All it says is that I have I have now established that I have the right to defend myself. That's all it says. It doesn't exile anybody, right? Because you, you approach this in a way that like, okay, so let's say that five people agree that these are going to be the standards and the norms. What happened to the one guy that doesn't, right? That guy doesn't get exiled. He doesn't get kicked out. He doesn't, he doesn't get sent to an island because he doesn't agree with everyone. He gets to live in a society that he's going to have a lot of trouble with because he's going to be in trouble oh. a lot. And that happens today. That happens today, right now, in our society right now. People don't get cast off to uh, Australia anymore if they don't believe in something because they can't intermingle with the rest of society. You can be there, and it's fine. But when you aggress on someone else, you're going to have a bad time. Well, we have a justice system. I mean, we have a clear code of laws. We have judges that interpret what happened in each incident. And then we have jails to put those individuals who break the rules. Yeah, I agree completely, right? But my whole point, and I guess it really isn't a matter of debate. We should really get into the questions. My whole point was just, I guess, if if morals can exist without the state, then there should be an, an inkling of room in your brain to allow the fact that enforcement of those morals can also exist without a state. I'm just trying to build the premise that these things can exist without sure. a central authority. A lot of things can exist. I mean, I don't think anyone disagrees that there's always that possibility. I also don't think that people necessarily agree or disagree but there's always the possibility that uh, aliens could exist i mean it, uh, humans can certainly do that of course but i think at the end of the day it's going to come to uh you know can we forcibly abolish the federal government and how does uh, how do you guys feel about uh necessarily forcibly abolishing the federal government another question we have actually kyle uh i think that's a bad idea um you know i think uh, augustus invictus was one of the leading proponents of that um, you know, first of all, we, we can't even get, as libertarians, we can't even crack 5% of the vote in a, in a very favorable condition. So we shouldn't think that um, we would have any success in any kind of a violent revolution or anything like that. And, and furthermore, that's going to lead to a lot of deaths. You know, it's going to lead to a lot of libertarians or the revolutionaries dying, and it's going to lead to a lot of uh, loyalists or, um, you know, loyal U.S. soldiers and police dying. So... Uh, and those people, many of them would would not really have too much to do with it. They'd just be doing their jobs and uh, trying to maintain order. 
So I, I just think it's a terrible idea all around. And then, you know, you have to think, well, what are we going to replace it with or, or what's going to happen after that? And there's all kinds of considerations. But most of the people in America support the current system. They would just reform the current system. If you were successful in overthrowing the government, they would just recreate it because that's what they believe in. Okay, and Vinny? Um, he trailed off into what I agree with at the end there, but for the most part I agree with Kyle on this. Um, I do not believe in violent revolution. Um, I do not believe it's in... It's a, it's a right word. Effective means to an end for our goals. Um... I think it proves everyone right that has any suspicions that it's just a violent philosophy and that doesn't do anyone any good. I think that, right. Um, I think Kyle makes fun of this a lot and that's, and that's fine. Um, and it's, it's, it's a little silly as a marketing thing, right? But that good ideas don't require force. Kyle will attack this with like the jar of pickles or whatever. That's, that's another discussion, but the, the intent behind that, I think is kind of the core of this, which is like, you want to change the world by leading by example, right? You want to show people that free market capitalism can lead to the prosperity that people are looking for. They're just not aware of it yet. And so I, I believe that that's how it should go. And I, I do not believe in a violent overthrow of government. I believe that um, prosperity and good examples uh, should lead the way and people just go, wow, you know, that person's really living a great life, and uh, I should get on that page. I mean, to put it really super simply, right? Right, right. Well, anything you guys want to uh, expand on that particular point? Yeah, just the free market capitalism. I mean, we say free market, it's, it's almost a marketing ploy to say free like that, but uh, capitalism ha is a social order. It has a system of rules that designate um, private property rights, that enforce contracts, that, that lay out punishments for breaking the rules. I mean, there's a structure to it. So you can't just take away the government without abolishing all the government's laws, without abolishing all the rules of the justice system and everything else, and think that society is still going to be capitalist. So what's really funny about that to me is the actual definition of capitalism is an economic and political system in which trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than the state. Um, so I just think it's funny that you're telling me that capitalism can't exist without a government. And by definition, capitalism means an economy without it. No, it says a political system in the very first line there. It, it, but it doesn't matter if it's it rather than a state, right? Politics don't necessarily mean you have to have a government. I think politics and government are intertwined. I mean, that's how a group of people uh, debates and organizes and decides on the rules of their their society. You know, it's group decision making. Okay, so well, then, and I'll, I'll I'll challenge both of you. The activities associated with the governance of a country or other area. Governance is not government. Okay. Who governs? It doesn't matter. That's a different debate. I'm challenging your assertion that, that politics need a government. I'm saying that it's activities associated with governance, and gover does governance govern does not equal government. Can you re-clarify your question, though? Because I'm, I'm sorry, I did not quite catch it. Okay, can you rephrase what you're challenging us about or, or what your question well, is? Well, no, it's just that Kyle decided to tack on at the end there that, that uh, capitalism can't exist without government. 
So I pointed out that the definition of capitalism is I'll just read it again, an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than the state. So I just think it's kind of funny that he's like, this can't exist without government. And in the definition, it says controlled by private owners for profit, not the government. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, I was, I was then, agreeing with then, him about the politics, the, about the politics. Because well, then, then he said in the very beginning, it says economic and political system. So that means it's government, to which I replied with the definition of politics is the activities associated with the governance, to which I said, just because it says governance doesn't necessarily mean it means government. Politics can exist sans government. It's just commonly that they're intertwined. Okay. Okay, no, I can I can accept that yeah. answer. I, I would suppose yeah. that I would I would probably restate my argument. Well, will restate my agreement with uh, essentially groups of uh, groups of people that do have authority. Like for example, like an HOA. For example, for the, there are politics within HOAs. In fact, there are there there's elections within HOAs. So, um, but but it but they do exist uh, pretty much within groups of uh, heavy authority, of course. Correct. I, yeah, all I was doing was just challenging that little tack on at the end that capitalism can't exist without a state, which is also an argument the communists use, by the way. Um, so be careful with that. And comms, because they understand that with no government, they could just murder all the capitalists and take all the property. They could try. And smash all, and smash all the Starbucks. Yeah, right? they would. They, they would, could try. Would, if, uh, if, someone, if someone came to try and murder you, Kyle, would you just let them? No, I mean, I would try to fight back. But would gonna, you call the cops and sit there and wait till the cops get there? Because apparently people aren't, aren't capable of defending themselves without a state, right? So if you got attacked and someone broke into your house and tried to kill you, would you just sit there and get killed while you wait for the cops to be there? Because clearly human beings aren't capable of defending themselves, right? Well, yeah, they, they would probably just kill me, to be honest. But fortunately, we do have cops, and the cops uh, support me. And that's why the ANCOMs are uh, just stuck in the back well, like, seat and not able to. I want to. <laughs> I want to well, push in, on this. Though. In Kyle's in Kyle's defense, though, there are plenty of laws regarding self defense. So I mean, it's perfectly within the law to shoot someone who's trying to get in your property. I'm I, I'm kind of falling back on a different argument, Kyle, have, and I have had previously that I happen to know. Right, that we got an argument about like, okay, so someone breaks into your house, who's going to defend you? And I was like, you defend yourself. Well, I know who's going to defend me in my house, and that's <laughs> Smith & Wesson, but still. Right, and Kyle's argument to that is you're too weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's say it's 3,000. So if someone breaks com- into my house, I shoot them in the head? No, Guess who's weak? The fucking dead guy. Let's say there's 3,000 ANCOMs trying to take your business. Okay, okay, so, so first of all, when was the last time you dealt with 3,000 people trying to take your anything, Kyle? I mean, it's pretty rare because we live on, in a nation of laws, and they don't want to go to jail. <laughs> that's, I, it's in but my opinion, that's a very fragile premise to hold up as an argument. You're, you're, you're you make such inflated logical jumps mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's so hard because you're not establishing anything in between, right? I start with an individual level, and then to refute it or to attempt to refute it, you automatically go to 3,000 versus 1. Right, because people form groups, so they overpower you. So, like, all the... When was the last time someone made a 3,000-person group to break into your house? We live under a government, so they don't even try it. But if there is no government, there's nobody to protect you, and they would take... So, okay, what's the incentive for 3,000 people to break into Kyle Wagner's apartment? Uh, Not my apartment, per se, but they would attempt to kill capitalists and take the means of production because that's what they believe in. 
Right. And so if you're going to sit there and say, okay, with a gun, you can't defend yourself because it's you versus 3,000, right? If a communist is trying to take over a company, you think it's just one fucking guy sitting in there defending it? No, I think the communist... You think, you think no one else has guns? That's a faction war, Kyle. Yeah. That's two people fighting over something. That's why we need a government. That's not why we need a government. It's a fight. And fights happen with or without governments. Look at Venezuela. They just seized the means of production from GM. Where the fuck was the government then? Nowhere. Because it happened. And it's going to happen in anarchy, and it's going to happen in a government, and it's going to happen in anarcho-capitalism. This is not a utopian. There's no such thing as a utopian. None of these solutions are going to fix problems and make them go away completely. It's impossible. What was the example you just used? Venezuelan government seizing the means of production? or People of Venezuela seizing the, the means of production from GM, oh. and the Venezuelan government not defending uh, or not effectively defending uh, from that. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day who seized it or not. It's a, it's it's essentially a, an idea of a of a place where a government exists, and and means were seized, right? And so you're sitting there trying to set up means being seized as a reason that anarcho capitalism will never work, and you're sitting there trying to say that people don't seize means because the government exists. And here's a place where means were seized, where a government is. I don't care if the government did it. I don't care if someone else did it. Something that you're saying the government exists to stop happened in a place yeah, with the that government. Was a failure. That's a hole that in your argument. That was a argument. failure of their government to do its job. Right. And so now, based on your dogmatic approach, there's a hole in your I argument. Don't think so. It doesn't no. carry water. Wouldn't you say that from a capitalist standpoint, though, that that would mean that there's a great uh, demand for a new government, though? Or different, a different form of government, or government no. either way? No, not, not at all. I would say that it's proof that conflict exists. That's it. That's not, well, it's not. also proof of incompetence on the, on, the, on the hand of the Venezuelan government, though. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, absolutely. I just don't think that that necessarily leads to, well, we've got to have a new one. I, I think that, I mean, the first thing I think is, like you said, government failed. And the second, the world is imperfect. Right? Uh, there it is. I, I don't necessarily, it doesn't make me think, oh, we need a better government. Obviously, I don't think that way. I'm always thinking in the other direction. When I see something like that, I'm like, aha, like, I'm going to add that to my list of shit that I know the government sucks though, at. Vinny, because uh, you're using an example of a socialist government not protecting capitalist property rights. And, and it, It's not a straw man. It's a government, Kyle. You, you it's a government. Say, you can't say all governments are the same. Some governments are pro-capitalist and some governments are pro-socialist. You know, it's the Soviet Union. It's not. I'm not saying. It's not. <laughs> so so now you, so now well, you support you're semantic the arguments. Government and and using that as an example to attack all governments. If it's not, it's not. No, I'm attacking government, Kyle. I'm attacking. Uh, I'm attacking a body attacking as we define it. Then, then you are doing that. Then Vinny. well, I'm I'm attacking a body as we defined it. We set what the definition of government was. Right? We never said, well, socialism, this, this, that, or the other. It, it's fucking, there, a, a thing existed. Something got broken into. That something got taken over with the government there. I'm just poking a hole in, because you're sitting there saying, well, the government exists, so that would never happen. That's, it, not, no, that's not what I said. And in fact, all governments. Yeah, you say it all the time. All governments aren't the same. Some governments don't do what we want them to do. In fact, our own government doesn't do what we want it to do. We have a social democracy with a big welfare state. So they're not they're not perfect and they're not they're So not is your goal then to make it your government? So you're so you have it figured out. Well, I'm just saying So all we need to do is be in your government and everything will be fine. Yeah. Fair?
Fair enough. Fair right. enough. Can't argue with that. Okay, and and we have the bonus question of the night. Um, what's the best uh, system of economic planning, and why is it a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. But you better put that one in. Oh, absolutely. Amir always <laughs> always has a place. Always. All right. Well, much like his land tax, it's unavoidable, right? <laughs> yeah, your your Kyle, your ta- your land's gonna get taxed about uh, five thousand percent. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Vinny, don't you laugh. Yours are getting a uh, good old four thousand. I know. Well, you got to keep me in line. I'm a bigger liability, right? I, I don't believe in the state. Um, right. Kyle, I just wanted to say. Um, Aside from how passionate I'll get when I debate, uh, I, I appreciate you making the time to do this, and I appreciate you um, doing this with me. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having me on, and uh, I hope you can cut out those freezes. Uh, sorry, my I, I'm going to buy a new computer. I think this one's had enough, and uh, sorry, sorry I cut out a couple times. But thanks again for having me on. It was a good debate, and hopefully some people learn some things. Yep, I enjoyed it very much, and thank you, Nathan, for hosting. Oh, no problem, no problem. Um, yeah, it was- uh, it was a little bit uh, last second, but I was glad to be here. I was just, uh, I was mostly hoping that I'd be prepared for it. I think we did pretty well given the circumstances. Well, that's very good, very good. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys a lot for having me on, and I'm glad that I was able to to be the be the fence in between the two uh, factions at war. Absolutely, here. and I just really quickly like to say uh, we said this in the very beginning up front, and just in case anyone forgets. Um, check out Kyle's group. It's really fun. Anarcho-capitalism versus minarchism debate group. He also um, is in charge of the Facebook page, which is really good. Uh, Misessians, did I say that right? Uh, yeah, Misessians or Misessians. No. Uh, I always get that eye wrong. Misessians. It's a good page. I really like it. Um, and like always, thinkliberty.com or think-liberty.com, facebook.com slash thinkliberty.tl, um, all the usual suspects. Yeah, and I will also be posting this on my YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube as Trin the Great. Um, I mostly post video games and other so- sort of uh, stuff I do there. I do other sort of uh, editing and video content for that. But uh, I-, I wanted to kind of take a change of pace, at least in this particular moment, and uh, start to branch out more into the liberty movement myself, and uh, hopefully to to you know hopefully entertain people and educate people at the same time. Love it. All right, fellas, get some sleep. Thank you so much, and uh, I will be smoking a fat one right now. (laughs) Love it. All right, Kyle, you have a good night. Nathan, you have a good night. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much.